0: Grace and peace be unto you from God, our Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, it's good to see everyone. Um, thank God for this 10 days of, of consecration and fasting. Um, I, I want you to uh uh just uh bear with me for a moment and um uh we're gonna look at Habakkuk 22. Um so as always, I have to give you some, some just some background. So Father, we bless you and we trust you. We thank you for your sovereignty, your dominion, and your power. We thank you, Lord God, for your presence that rests, rule, and abide. We thank you, God, for those who are praying that evoked Invoke your presence, God, even here and even now where we receive, we sense, and we are in the midst of your Shekinah glory and we say thank you. We thank you, God, for that which you have planned for us to accomplish and get done during and by the end of this fast. We we say thank you, God, in advance, but we trust you and we believe you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um. Habakkuk two, 2 I'm, I'm just going to uh read that very quickly. It says, uh, he began to read God's Holy Word. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. So just to give you again some some context to the text, this is Habakkuk, and Habakkuk is one of the uh seventh century uh prophets. Uh and just to give you a, a perspective on this, Habakkuk. Nahum, Jeremiah, Zephaniah, Ezekiel, Daniel, they were all contemporaries. They all like knew each other. You know, it's not that they hung out together, but they were all men doing a work for the Lord and their names are in scripture now, but at, during the time that they were alive, they all knew, oh, well, you're a prophet. Well, you're a prophet too, but each of them had their lane. Uh, during that during that time, um, you know, there, there were two major... Uh, 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 two major enemies, the Assyrians and the Babylonians, and, I, and I'll get to them in a minute. Um, you know from the book of Judges, and overseas had made, had expounded on it earlier, that um, the children of Israel kept falling into judgment and they were taken over by an enemy because they wouldn't listen or follow uh, the will of God. So that's how we get the judges in the book of, of, of Judges. But, um, but. Prior to that, when you had King David and then his son, King Solomon, who was supposed to be the wisest man in the world, and he met the Queen of Sheba, and he had all these riches, at some point, King Solomon kind of veered left and went against God's word. And when he went against God's word, um, the kingdoms actually split. So now we have a split of the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And we're split not six and six like the 12 tribes of Israel, it wasn't six on the north and six on the south. It was really 10 and two. So when rebellion came and the kingdom of Israel split, it split from 10, from 12 to 10 and two. And like from that split came a lot of the challenges that the children of Israel went through. And so the children of Israel in the northern kingdom went into captivity under the Assyrian empire. And the children of Israel in the southern kingdom, where you had Uh, the temple they were under captivity with Babylon. So, with that background, now we have Habakkuk, and Habakkuk, just like Jeremiah and all his contemporaries, were crying out to God, you know, why are we going through this now? Why are we going into captivity? Okay, the northern kingdom just went into captivity with Assyria. Oh my gosh! And now we have the southern kingdom going in captivity with Babylon oh my gosh, what's going on? So when you look at Habakkuk chapter one, just very quickly, Habakkuk chapter one, thank you, Habakkuk chapter one is actually Habakkuk crying out to God and saying, you know, God, what's going on? I got some questions. And what God says, and and then what, and so what Habakkuk does, he starts to have this conversation with God, he's complaining and lamenting, and he has this question. And the first question he gives, to God, He does it in three verses. <laughs> I'll come back to that in a minute. And He's basically saying, "How long will You, God, allow evil to triumph? How long? How long are we going to go through this?" My wife took my phone, that so I can't look at the Bible. So, how long, God, are You going to have us go through this, all this all this, all these challenges? How how long, God? It's a lot going on, Lord, and I'm just feeling some kind of way, and 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 I don't understand. He says, he says to God, uh, how long must I call for help, but you do not listen or cry out to you violence, but you do not save me? Uh, why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. He's, he's, he's saying all this to God. And God just basically answers him in seven verses. He says, I'm raising up Babylon as a tool of my correction. So, when the question comes from Habakkuk with three verses, God answers them in seven verses say, Listen, I got this. Babylon is being raised up because they're being used as a tool for me, again, to deal with the children of Israel who aren't listening to me. So, then Habakkuk got that. And then Habakkuk, because he's a prophet, he feels he's close to God, he goes, He got another question for God. And the second question he has for God in Habakkuk chapter one, he's asking God, in seven verses, in six verses, he double the verses now, first question in three verses, second question in six verses, he says, why do you allow the wicked to swallow up those that are more righteous than them? They, or in other words, he says, you know, God, your eyes are too poor to look on evil. You you cannot tolerate wrong, wrongdoing. Why didn't you do you tolerate the, treacherous, the treacherousness? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those who are more righteous than themselves? You know, God, why are you allowing all this to to go on? And so again, God in his sovereignty comes back to uh, Habakkuk and he answers him and answers that second question, but now he answers it with 18 verses (laughs) and he basically says to Habakkuk, the Babylons will be judged just like the Assyrians. That the righteous, but the righteous must wait for this and have faith and patience. So basically, let, 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 me, let me start by saying this. Habakkuk had two questions for God. And oftentimes, even during his fast, we're going to have more than two questions. But he had two questions for God. The first question was three verses, God answered it in seven. The second question was six verses, God answered that second question with 18 verses. God has more answers than we have questions. So no matter what you're asking God, no matter what you're going through, no matter how perplexed you are and how much of a riddle your life is or what you're going through, you need to keep in mind, we need to keep in mind God has more answers than we do questions. The next thing I want to point out, and and again, I'm going to go right now to Habakkuk chapter two, verse two. Let's go go straight to that. It says there, write the vision. So notice when God begins to answer question number two, he does it with 18 verses. But notice how God begins to answer the second question that came from Habakkuk. He begins to answer it with write the vision and I'm going to be a little more exact here, and I'm going to tell you exactly how I said it. He said, then the Lord replied, write the vision. Write the vision. And let me stop there for me if I go any further. There's just two major points I want to make, and then, and then I'm done, hopefully. Write the vision. So, when, so we, we, before we even talk about writing a vision, we need to understand that the vision comes from God. The vision comes from God. Visions are never about here and now. Visions are always about there and later. I know you can't say it with me, but I just wish you could. Visions are not about here and now. Visions are about there and later. And so you never write or judge a vision based upon what you have now, where you are now, or who you are now, I'm gonna say that one more time. Never write or judge a vision that you wrote based upon where you are, what you have, or who you are. If you do that, if we do that, we are doing ourselves an injustice and a disservice. The word vision here really, if you look at it in the NIV or another version, it really means revelation. He was telling Habakkuk, write the revelation. God will give you, God will give Habakkuk, God will give us a revelation. God will reveal some things to us. And again, when God reveals it to us, we can't shake it off like, oh no, not me. No, 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 no. Give it it a minute. It's not about here and now. It's about there and later. So when God tells you Yes, you're going to have a million dollars. When God tells you, yes, you're going to own a new home while you still have the one you're living in. When God tells you, oh yeah, you're going to have a car and then you're going to have another car and that car you're going to get to someone else. And remember, it's not about the here and now. It's about the there and later. God has some things in store for you that will blow your mind that have nothing to do with what you have now, where you are now, or who you are now. It's about you're there, who you will be, where you will be, and what you will have later on. Somebody say, "Amen, amen, amen." Because God knows it, He planned it, and God wants you. And all God wants you to do, all God wants me to do, is to have faith and write it down. That's it. Have faith and write it down. And you may say, well, you know what, God, I got challenges with my faith. I don't even believe what you're telling me. I'm going to get married now. And I'm and I'm in my 40s. I'm in my 50s. I can't even have any children now. Listen, just have faith and write it down. And you know, it's okay if your faith is wavering. But obviously I spoke about that too, not having, having the faith the size of mustard seed. Because part of you, Writing it down is an expression of your faith. So you hear something crazy, you hear something kind of off. Wait a minute, I'm only 19, I'm only 20. Wait a minute, and I'm going to have this, this, and this? My parents even had this at my age. It's okay. Express your faith and just write it down. What? I'm going to have a house here, and I'm going to have a house in another country? What? Write it down. Just write it down. So Write write it down, the vision, the vision board, just write it down. That's That's the first point, the vision. The second point is the Bible says after you write it down that we need to make it plain. Make it plain on the tables. That word plainly, I really like it a lot. It means to make it distinct. Make it clear. Make it a declaration, kind of like a sign, a signage. You know, we have some new signs up. It looks really good. A declaration, Family Life Worship Center. Also, it means to put letters on a tablet. So when we make things plain, it's all about clarity. You know, Pastor Claudia says it all the time, less is more. So when we make things plain, when we make things clear, Nothing fancy, just make it plain and clear. And we talk about putting it on tables, putting it on on tablets. The the, the scripture says that actually the the tables are either boards, like vision boards, slabs, or tablets. And if you're going to put it on a tablet, it's normally a tablet, looking at the the old days, a tablet of stone, where it's normally engraved in, or a, a board of wood where it's etched in, or a plate of metal, again, where it's engraved in. The point here, and while I'm breaking down the type of tables and tablets where you're going to write the vision, it needs to be somewhere where there's a sense of permanence. It's not going to be wiped away. It's not going to be able to be erased. It's not going to be able to put, or you spilled something on it, and now it, it, it and now the ink is smudged all over the place. It needs to be somewhere where it's plain and it's permanent. Because even though we may forget it, even though we may not be feeling it in another couple of months, God does not change his mind. God does not change his mind. Somebody say that, God does not change his mind. God does not change his mind. So why? Why do we need to write the vision? Why do we need to write the revelation? Why is God beginning the answer of his 18-verse answer to Habakkuk with write the vision and then make it plain? It says it right there in the next verse, that he may run that readeth it, or that he may run who reads it, or that he may herald another person that may read it that's going to do it as a heralder. if you look at the NIV, he may run with it. The bottom line is that somebody is going to read it. That somebody may be whoever he is, wherever he is, or she, he, she or he is, that person may be your son, your daughter, your niece, your nephew, your brother, your dad, a friend of the family, a stranger. Somebody is going to read this. And that somebody can even be the future you. Remember, we said it's not about here and now. We said it's about there and later. The future you. Because the when, the when the crescendo comes, when the ideal time comes, you know God is all about timing. God wants us to be synchronized to him. When God has his ideal timing comes and the person that is supposed to read it reads it when they're supposed to read it, it sets off an alarm and they run. They run with a passion. They run with a drive. They start writing a business plan. They start looking up things online. They start talking to people. They just have this passion. While the person next to them may have read the same thing and they're going back to sleep. or they are gonna go get something to eat? Are they gonna go watch the latest movie? Or they're going to go on Netflix or Hulu or, or or one of those other streaming services and binge watch a show that they wanted to watch for, for a long time while the other person took off and they ran because it was their time. In this time of fasting, are we reading the right things that's igniting the passion within us to run? Are we reading our prayer list? Are we reading the scriptures? Are we going back and listening to the word that overseer preach on New Year's night? Are we doing the things that's gonna activate the pressure in us to run? Somebody has to run. I don't care if you got one leg or two legs. I don't care if you got crutches. I don't care if if you feel that like you, you ain't running a long time. You don't even own a pair sneakers. It don't matter. Somebody has to run. But notice this. Because somebody has to run, you can't run until you read. And you don't read until it's written. Are we stopping anybody from running because they can't read what we didn't write? Are we holding anybody up from activating their passion because they can't find the words to read, to ignite them because they haven't been reading yet. Right, the vision. Because somebody right there in your home, somebody in your community, somebody in your neighborhood has to run, but they can't run unless they read and they can't read it unless you write it. Have you published what God asked you to publish it? Have you put it out there on your social media? Have you gotten somebody that you trust and you know to edit and take a look at. But this is what God's telling me to write. Pastor overseer, this, this is what God's showing me to write. And I'm I know, and I'm I have this passion to publish it because I know somebody has to read it so they can run. Write the vision. The scripture says, and and, I, and, and, I, and I'm going to try to fight it. My wife took my phone. So the scripture says in Isaiah 40, uh, verse 31, uh, those that run shall not be weary, and those that walk shall not faint. Wait on the Lord. But you got to wait. You got to be patient. And then it also tells us in, in Proverbs 4, 12, that those that run won't stumble. Hmm. Can you imagine that? Running and not stumbling. Running and not being weary because you're running off the power and off the fuel of what you read. And you read it because someone listened to God and wrote the vision, wrote the revelation that God gave them. When he began to answer their question on why they're going through what they're going through. Hmm. But God, I actually wouldn't, when, when, when my bill is going to be paid, but God, I'm actually when this problem is going to stop at the job. God, what I actually about when my kids going to start doing the right thing and when this problem won't be a problem anymore. And God says to you, right, division. He reveals to you a vision about there and later. And you're like, God, this has nothing to do with my problem now. Right now, I got a problem. Right now, I have an issue. Right now, my head hurt. My heart hurt. Right now, my feet hurt. My back hurt. This job ain't paying me enough money. Right now, I got a problem. I can't pay my rent, my bills. Right now, and you giving me a revelation about there and later? God says. Right, the revelation, Right, the vision, because it's gonna take care of you now because you are being obedient and writing what he's revealing to you during this fast about there, about later, so that you could read it maybe tomorrow. that you could read it maybe next week, that you could probably read it on day 11 after the fast and get ignited in your passion to run like you've never run before and do your research and do your homework and go back to school and start a business and write your business plan and and take things a little more seriously that God has put in your hands because God has a plan for your life. I'm sorry, I I, I can't take up the whole 30 minutes. I'm going to stop right here at 749, 750. God has a plan for your life. And during this fast, Overseer has given us the directive. He said, 2024, the year of planning and execution. You can't execute what you did not plan. And you cannot plan unless you begin to write what God reveals to you, Write The plan, write the vision, write down what God has shown you. It's showing you right now, even as we speak in his presence, he's revealing some things to you about tomorrow and he wants you to write it down now. And your writing of it is an expression of your faith. And as you express your faith and show patience, they that wait on the Lord, patience, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You want to run based upon your patience and your faith because you took the time to write. Thank you, overseer. Isaiah 4031. Time to write. Time to write the vision, right? The revelation. Some of you, when you get off the off the phone, off this Zoom, you need to take about five minutes and just say, Here I am, Lord, send me to my later, to my tomorrow, to my then, and let me just write and write and write. Oh God, it hurts me to write this because I can't even envision it. What? Oh, oh my God, this is too much of me. Just write. Just right, God has said. God didn't say you had to believe it. <laughs> God didn't say that you that you had to, uh, you know, have wit, have evidence of it. He said He's going to reveal it to you, and you're just going to write it. Oh, God this is too heavy for me. God, I can't show this to anybody. That's all right. Don't show it to anybody yet. God, even to write this, I, it makes me cry. I can't believe this. This is absurd. Me. That's yes, you. Because the you you are writing about, the vision you're writing is not you now. Remember, you're writing for then and later, not based upon what you have now, not based upon where you are now, not based upon who you are now, but based upon who you will be, based upon what you will have, based upon where you will find yourself. Write the vision. Write the revelation. Make it plain, because some people have to read it, including you, and we have to run. Set the spirit of grace. And Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Elder Thomas, for praying down heaven. Catch the vision. Catch it. God's going to tell you it, as some of you already told it to, but you have to write it down. And remember, write it as is. Don't tweak it to kind of make it fit into where you are now. Write it as it is. And watch God. Everybody say that. Watch God. And Lord, we thank you. For this time, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence. We thank you, God, that we have this word of knowledge from your holy word as a community because we all come together, fitly joined together. It's because of what we do collectively that we have this. We pray, we worship, we fast together, and we receive a word from you and we say thank you. That as a community of Family Life Worship Center, we are able to invoke your presence and receive from you collectively so that we may move forward into that which you have ordained for us. Thank you, God, for the collective energy, effort, and collaboration under the leadership of our overseer, Christopher Cox III. Continue to move on our behalf and allow us to be obedient to your will and write the vision plainly so that those that read it can run. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen.